everyone. Thanks for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast. My name is Karina, and I am a psychic medium out of Calgary, Alberta. I am so excited for my next guest to come on here with me today. He is the star of the hit documentary series called Spirit Talker on the APTN Network. He is also the author of the book called The Language of Spirit, and he also has another new book coming out called Spirit Talker that will be released in August. So everyone, please help me welcome Indigenous medium Sean Leonard to the podcast today. Sean, thank you so much for coming on with me today and being here. This is really exciting for me. Well, it's really exciting for me too. I love when spirit, um, you know, sends people to my life in some, some sometimes strange ways and unique ways. But you know, I think we met in Calgary, did we not? We did. We you came to one of my events, and then I did. you didn't mention anything about a, a podcast. I don't believe, but nope. uh, later you messaged me and said, "Hey, I have a podcast, and would you like to be a guest?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, I'd love to be." A guest in your podcast. I actually have known about you for probably about seven years or so because you did a private reading for two of my family members, actually in Nova Scotia. No way. Yeah, because Nick, my husband, is from Nova Scotia. And so it was two of his family members. So I've known about you for quite a while. And I started following you not long after. And then I saw that you were coming out to Calgary to do a huge event at the Grey Eagle Casino. And mm-hmm. um I remember messaging two of my girlfriends who happened to be two of my Reiki students as well. And I said, this guy's coming. We got to go. And I said, you know what? Let's buy VIP tickets, which is something I don't normally do. I go see a lot of mediums with my girlfriends. And um, I was guided to. And the funny thing is, and this is kind of what I want to tell everybody of how you're on here today with me, because it is an, it's a beautiful story. Um, that day when I came to the Great Eagle Casino. We had gone out to dinner ahead of time and I had gone to the bathroom at the casino and I said, I have a feeling a family member is going to come in tonight. And the girls are like, oh, you know, your family always comes in at these shows. And I'm like, I can't help it. It's just, you know, they're pretty loud. Um, And, you know, you started off the, this beautiful show and what I fell in love with right away was your genuine spirit and I sat there and I don't know if you remember I was sitting like right in your like line of like uh, sight and I was staring at you the whole time and I thought there's not a lot of people out there that I feel that are that genuine in what they do especially in this kind of work because sometimes egos get in the way and you were so incredible and spot on with everything I was sitting there just amazed and the whole time the two hours I think it was two hours we were going and I kept hearing that they're going to come in. They're going to come in. Well, 10 minutes, 10 minutes before you finished this, you started saying these two names. And I kind of went like, I had that surge of energy. Like I knew it was them, but I was also dumbfounded. I sat there going, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. And you kept saying like, is someone going to say something like who connects to these people? And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, no. And then someone, another spirit came and took over and, and it was for another family. And my girlfriends are like hitting me going, Karina, why didn't you say anything? And I'm like, I don't actually know. And we, we, we went to stand up and come meet you and take a picture with you. And as soon as I stood up, it was so incredible. This beautiful white feather came from the ceiling. I actually don't know where it came from. And my girlfriend and I were watching it in slow motion as it came down and it landed on my face. And I went, okay, that's just a weird sign. And I would love for you to share that story about the white feather, because you started off this session explaining the white feather to everybody. And then it happened to me. Right. 
Well, the funny thing is, is I have that feather in my wallet that landed on your face. What? I do. You do? You can. After everybody left, I remembered that you said there was a feather that floated down and I looked down and there was a little white feather there. So I picked it up and I put it in my wallet and I was like, oh my God, there is a feather because you told me about it. And I, I, I never had a chance to really like look around, but it was still there. So I picked it up. And and the reason why I picked it up has a little wow. bit to do with that story. Because oh my gosh. Uh, in, in my events, I always do like about a, about a half hour talk, talking about a little bit about my journey. Uh, I have to really sum it up as much as I can, but mm-hmm. I share a few stories. And one of those stories is about a feather. And uh, it's a special, very, very special story. It's it's on the front cover of my new book, Spirit Talk, that is coming out on August 8th through Hayos Publishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I wanted the feather to be in the front because it was so impactful um, on my journey. Because I mean, not, you know, I'm a, I'm a psychic medium, I'm a spirit talker, you know, whatever words that you want to choose to describe this, this understanding of the language that communicates through from spirit. But, you know, I have a lot of things happen, but um, not, not, not everything is like super profound. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. you know, blow your socks off type of stuff. It's like, oh my God, this is incredible. And just pre-COVID, I went, we went, me and my, my, my wife, Michelle, went to this island called the Big Island of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So it's the biggest island. It's, if you put all the other islands together, they'd still be smaller than the Big Island. Mm-hmm. So we went to the Big Island and it's, even though it's, and it's the newest island. Uh, so it's very rough with like lava rock and, and all that. And, uh, and it's just, there's not as many beautiful beaches as some of the other islands, but it was still, I wanted to see this island because of the connection to the, you know, the goddess Pele, because mm-hmm. she has a big connection to the lava and bringing life to the world in the Hawaiian culture. And, and uh, so I go to Hawaii and we, and we, we usually get a uh, Airbnb and uh, on the third floor of our Airbnb, which is where we're staying, um, just beautiful. And just, you know, you get up every morning, you hear the, the morning doves, you smell the, the ocean air, you can hear the ocean. It's just, it's serene. And uh, so when I'm there, um, there's something I want to do when, in Hawaii is I always want to go up to at least the highest point that I can go to. Because mm-hmm. in, in many indigenous cultures, you know, being higher, especially indigenous culture, um, you know, being higher or closer to the sun, as we yeah. see the sun as that first sacred light, uh, that first physical sacred light. Our ceremonies begin in the east uh, with the Mi'kmaq people, and uh, so we always like honor the sun. Uh, you know, Gazulk or or, or Niskam, we we say is for the sun, and uh, so I wanted to go and honor the sun, not necessarily in, in the rising of the sun, but the setting of the sun. I wanted to do something particular. I brought. A tobacco offering and in in indigenous culture you know tobacco making an offering for your prayers mm-hmm. is something that we give that we hold over our heart um and, and then we place it as like we're leaving our prayer there is like we're giving medicine for the prayer to be answered and uh so i said my prayer but my prayer was that i it wasn't like a profound prayer it was just you know my loved ones my ancestors the people that i care about uh, I'm asking and requesting you to spend some time with me, especially in my time in Hawaii, mm-hmm. because, you know, I talked to my dad, I talked to Larry, I talked to my aunt, aunts, my grandma, Margaret, my grandfather and my great grandparents. I'm like, you know, it'd be really nice to have you all just spend some time with me, especially with my downtime, because I'm so busy 
in life that I don't always have that much time. And I know you could probably relate being busy and such. Yep. <laughs> but I'm inviting you all here to be with me. And uh, and I'd appreciate if you could spend some time with me during this next two to three weeks that we're in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, so I'm inviting you here to be with me. And and that was it. I We drove down the, the volcano. The sun had said it was beautiful. We went to Airbnb on the third floor and we did we do what we normally do every morning. We get up and we have a three hour coffee mm, and it's just that. sitting there. I know you just sit there, you just chill like yeah, I you know, relax. <laughs> yeah, you relax and you enjoy the, the scenery, listening to the morning doves and the ocean. And I mean, Hawaii is a very a windy place too. The, the wind is kind of like blowing through the, the the palm trees and such. And you can see the wind mm-hmm. blowing. And it was blowing not like super uh, powerful that morning, but it was still blowing nonetheless. And as we sat there drinking our coffee, beautiful sunny morning, you know, we both noticed something, me and Michelle. And it was a little tiny white feather. But it was probably about maybe 50 feet up in the air above where we were and about 50 feet away from us. Mm-hmm. And... It was kind of strange because the size of the feather was just that big. And uh, as it floated down from the sky, it was like, you're really going super slow. And I was like, this is so strange. Michelle's looking at it and she's like, shouldn't the wind be like blowing this away? And then like, we're puzzled as to why this feather is floating so slow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it, it's going like in slow motion. And like there's none of the, the the natural effects of anything are affecting this feather. And it's even moving slower than gravity should allow it to flow. Mm-hmm. And it just floats straight down. And we're just watching it. And then it floated past our deck. And Michelle goes, well, that had to be a sign. And I'm like, I'm sure it's a sign. Like that's, there's no way that should have happened like that. And I was just going to take a sip of my coffee. And I heard a voice in my mind that said, Sean, Hold out your hand. I'm like, oh, what? And I kind of like second guessed it for a moment. But I said, mm-hmm. so I decided okay. just to hold out my hand. And Michelle looked at me. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I was just told that I should hold out my hand. So I'm holding it up. Mm-hmm. And then as I did that, even though that the feather had went down to about a floor below us, it was still kind of hovering there. It flew back up. And just drifted completely up in the air. And as it drifted completely up in the air above our deck, and then it went right towards me. And and I didn't have to move my hand. I didn't have to do anything. But right in the center of the palm of my hand, it landed. And I'm looking at Michelle and she's crying. And I I start crying. And I'm, you know, and she goes like, how did that happen? I'm like, I don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. She goes, who, who do you think did that? I said, well, probably all the people I spoke to, all the people that I invited, probably all literally had a hand in that feather coming to me in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, and I saw that as a validation for my ancestors, you know, the people that I love and care about that I have lost in my life, this physical life, this one, that they were kind of letting me know they were spending time with me in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, and all it really took was just having a conversation with them. And speaking to them openly from my heart and inviting them. And and I think why these things happen for me, it's great that they do happen for me. I don't Mm -hmm. need them to happen because it's not like it's going to shift my belief because I'm already firmly sound in my belief system about spirit and how spirit communicates and connects. Mm -hmm. And I love that it does happen. But I think they know I would tell the story. 
they know I would share this. They know that I would give this to people. And it, it, it was for me, but it's also not just for me. It's for other people. And I feel everything that happens in my life spiritually that helps me understand spirit a little bit greater and better, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a concept or an idea or even a way we can communicate, that um, I know spirit wants me to share it. So that's what I do. And and with my book, you know, Spirit Talker coming out, I wanted that story included because it, it was a new book and I just really wanted to put it out there and help people understand that concept about how important it is to remember to include our people that we love, to mm -hmm. to invite them to be part of our lives. And uh, and, and and that's what I did. And now you're, you were showing up at my event, which kind of sinks into the story a little bit because you said to me that that feather floated down. But you know what? In Hawaii, I I I kept that feather, mm -hmm. but it disappeared somehow. Oh my! And I gosh. don't know where it went. I don't know how where it went. I, I put it in my wallet in my little change purse, and I made sure. But somehow, it wasn't in my. It, it had vanished the feather, mm -hmm. and I don't know where it went. And I regret it not not um, keeping it somehow mm -hmm. safer because I thought maybe it was just my silliness of like paying for something and lost it and and then and then I had to let it go because maybe it wasn't really rent for me to keep right but when I told that story I mean I told that story all on, along my cross Canada tour but um you know the when you were there the feather had come and landed on your face and you said it was on the floor and yeah. and after everybody left I picked it up and I thought hmm I'm gonna keep this maybe this is the feather that I lost. Maybe come this back. is the feather that was meant to come back to me. For this. <laughs> yeah. And uh so I mm -hmm. I still I as far as I know, that feather's still on my wallet. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Because it was what you were describing in the beginning about your story. We looked up and it was in slow motion. And I thought, I've never seen this before. And it was coming down like this. <laughs> and I'm watching it. And all of a sudden I could feel it on my face because it tickled me. And my my girlfriend just like flicked it off my face and I didn't see where it went. And it was busy and and um and I was upset too that I didn't actually speak up and say, Hey, these are my loved ones. And that night, you know, I let it go. I thought, whatever, if it was supposed to happen, they would have been loud and clear and I would have spoken up, right? Mm -hmm. And so I posted a picture of us um, with the group that like with my girlfriends on Instagram and mm -hmm. I actually tagged you in it. And I said, you know, what an incredible night. And when I had woken up the next morning, I had seen that you had commented on the picture and I went, oh, well, that's kind of neat. Okay. That's neat. And then I went to take a shower because I was going to get ready for my day. And in the shower is when I heard someone loud and clear. And I usually get my best messages in, in the shower because I'm kind of like, you know, in a meditative state. And I heard someone say, Karina, go message him and ask him to be on the podcast. And I thought, no, like there's no way. To, no, I'm not going to do that. That's no, no, I'm not asking. And yeah. as soon as I came out of the shower, I grabbed my phone and I went and I just typed a message to you right away before I got into my head and, you know, overthought it, I guess. And um, you wrote back and said, yeah, I'd love to do that. I was like, what? Okay. So the feather to me was significant because that stuff doesn't just happen. And um, I knew that you were like, when I was saying to you that I think it's a full circle of how I met you. And I know that it is. 
I know that that feather was so significant. And here you are with me today without even thinking about it just kind of happened. And you said yes. And I'm like, okay, then I know that this is um, something that spirit wants us to do for some reason. And I trust it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. So I think the fact that the feather had come to you even at the event and it fallen on the floor. And then after everyone left, it was just sitting there at my feet. I, I remembered. That's unbelievable uh, that you have it. I can't believe you have it. (laughs) Yes, I I did. I kept it. I'm hoping I still have it. (laughs) You have to let me know later if you still there. (laughs) Make sure it didn't vanish again on me because, um, you know, as I go into my wallet, I'm, I get complacent, but I think I tucked in a little pocket. I'm pretty sure I did. You have to tell me. I wanted to get, I'm going to, I'm going to rub that thing on my lottery tickets. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Then send me, send me it in the mail and I'll do it to mine too. And exactly. Something amazing will happen out of it, but I I don't think that's what it's meant for, but no, it's definitely not, but what a nice story to get us here today. Right. And when we actually like came over to you and I remember saying it to you, like there were so many people waiting to to talk to you and take their picture with you. And I blurted it out. I'm like, the feather landed on my face. And I'm thinking he's going to think I'm crazy, but oh. you know, and then we went to take our picture and I remember putting my arm around you. And I also work with energy. I'm a Reiki master. And so I like connected to your energy and I never felt I don't know if I can even describe this. It was a sense of safety. And I don't usually have that with a lot of men. And -hmm. you reminded me so much of my Reiki master. He's now passed, but the same genuine, kind, safe, safe energy. And that's why I reached out. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, I always try to be kind and and nice. I mean, it's not like I really have to work at it. It's just who I naturally am. So it's just, I don't, I don't have to change who I am. I just be who I am. I'm sure my wife would say, you know, sometimes I'm a challenge. (laughs) I'm sure my husband would say the same. But that's normal. It is. But everyone that I greet in life, I treat them as I, as I would like to be treated myself with kindness and respect. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all brothers and sisters in this world. You know, we're all come from the same spirit family of the other side. We're all connected, you know, much more greater than we even know. I mean, we're all part of each other's soul group, whether we know it or not. Yep. And the people that come in and out of our life are, are meant to come in. Even the, the hard lessons, even the struggles, even the people that you that you have struggled mm-hmm. with in life. And, you know, sometimes we have to think about it. I, mean, I wish I didn't go through some of the things I have, but they've been gifts. Same. Yeah, I agree. Gifts of wisdom and knowledge. To, because if, you know, uh, for me, I mean, I know for you too, that, you mm-hmm. know, when you're in life and serving people, if you don't have wisdom that, I mean, if you haven't been through stuff, you're not going to have the wisdom to guide people through stuff. Yes. And sometimes I think that often hard things happen more to us because we have to have that wisdom to to serve others. Uh, I'm hoping I've gained enough, though. (laughs) I say the same. I'm like, I say to my guides, I think I'm done now. I'm almost 50. Like, please don't give me any more lessons because I always say to everybody, I've lived a thousand lives in this physical realm, in this body. And the things that I've gone through, you know, I am in the midst of writing a book about it because you can't make this stuff up. It's just one thing after another. And I would, you know, I had a pity party for years. I would say, why me? Why me again? You know, and I've been through some pretty difficult, traumatic events and, I look at it now. I'm grateful for them. Yes, definitely grateful for them now, but I wasn't, you know, for all the years I went into um, a lot of struggles. I struggled with, you know, addiction and I was just trying to numb this 
other side and all the things that had happened to me, it was a really hard, you know, 20, 30 years. And, and oh, here yeah. I am. I mean, everybody has out. a journey. And, 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 yeah. and you know, some people may appear that they've, they're just coasting through life, but everybody has different struggles. And we do and some, some people harder than others, unfortunately. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's sad to see people struggle as much as they do, but you know, for us, I mean, what we can do is just be the stillness within the chaos uh, sometimes for them. And, you know, whether it's bridging a connection to the spirit world or, or give offering yeah. guidance to a person that might be like stuck in a certain area yes. of life. Um, you know, often I feel like a counselor or a therapist sometimes. Yes. And, and, and but that's are. part of that, that wisdom that you've gained from your experience of struggles. I see them as blessings now. I really do. And that's kind of where I said to my husband, probably, probably a good 15, 16 years ago, I said, you know, I am going to try to help as many people in this world as I possibly can. I said, I have to take this pain and do something with it, or I'm going to sink. And yeah. that's what I chose to do. I gave myself in service and sometimes just holding the space for someone who, you know, and you can feel is struggling is enough, you know, and then channeling those words too, that are coming through our spirit guides. And I didn't actually want to be a medium. This is not something that I wanted to do. Like I've been able to see spirit since I was nine, but I never really wanted this. Did you want this? Did you fight it like I did? I tried. I fought it for many years, actually. Mm, I didn't really fight it. Um, I didn't really set out in life to be the person I am today. It's not. Mm -hmm. it, it just kind of unfolded this way. Mm -hmm. It just how it kind of my life had unfolded. I remember in the beginning, I was a bit, you know, skeptical. I was a bit skeptical about how, how and what I was receiving. Was this my own mind or is this thoughts of others is this uh some type of mind reading thing that is going on with me and mm -hmm. but there was one pivotal moment that I remember it actually is a story related to Calgary actually I know what and, you're gonna say I yeah. watched the interview with you and the lovely Colette Baron Reed and you oh, were talking yes. about Charlie and I was like Charlie yes I, I was watching the whole episode and so I yeah. already know. Weird that you and I have a connection to Calgary and Nova Scotia and everything, but go ahead. You could tell the listeners yeah. what this well, story Man is. Well, Mannequin Charlie is his name, but uh, I worked in Calgary. I used to work, like I lived in Calgary for 17 years and uh, mm. love it. My kids still live there. And uh, and uh, so anyway, I worked at a company. It was, it was, it was called Smed International for a while, where I made office furniture and then became Hayworth, uh, which was bought out by... Uh, by Hayworth and I think it's that's even closed there now if I'm not mistaken it's another building but it was down in the Hills Industrial Park right across from the soccer dome and oh uh, so that's where it was in that building there and I worked there wow. for for years and years and years but I worked beside a guy named Orhan who was a, a Bosnian felia uh, and a really nice guy great guy we played sports really athletic good soccer player you know we played mm -hmm. basketball pretty competitive sometimes and uh uh, but I remember he was a bit skeptical, mm -hmm. you know, he was raised as a Muslim fellow and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he wasn't quite sure, you know, he wasn't even quite sure about his own faith, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I started to kind of open up and, and I wasn't sure really what was happening still. Cause I was like on, under the suspicion that maybe this was like some type of like thing that was coming from people and not from spirit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as I sat with, um, or and just typing away on my computer, I repeatedly started to hear a name in my mind. And it's not like I heard it with my ears. 
it was like I heard a name within my mind. It was like a name just kept coming into my head. Uh, repeat. And it was just like, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. And I was like, why am I hearing Charlie? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where this was, is like really sh- the mind, that moment that shifted my life, that uh, I was I was embracing spirit connection, but I still wasn't like sold 100%. You know, I didn't know this was going to be my path. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started hearing Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. And I thought, well, Orhan has to be thinking about doing something with Charlie. And that's how this is all kind of went down, right? And so I looked at Orhan. I said, well, you, you, and I didn't want to mention dead people, you know, because I, 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 Orhan's already weirded out by me a little bit. So all I need to do is <laughs> just start mentioning dead people. And he's yeah. going to glaze over and just say, not even listen, right? So I just said, well, yeah. probably Charlie's a buddy of his that he's doing something with on the weekend. So I said, Orhan, I got a weird question for you, but do you know a guy named Charlie? Mm-hmm. And he stopped and he turned and he looked at me and he goes, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> like, do you guys know a guy named Charlie? Like I, for whatever he says, why do you ask us your questions? Like, cause I got Charlie ringing in my head. It's like driving me nuts here. Every time I tap on my computer, I hear this name Charlie. And he goes, well, I used to know a guy named Charlie. And as soon as he said that, it was not like I did anything special. Uh, I was kind of just like trying to understand why I'm hearing the name. And when he said he knew it, it was, it was like all of a sudden a Light picture off. flashed in my head. Mm-hmm. That was of a bar sign in Calgary called the Town of Country Bar. It was just a big TNC. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's weird. Why would I see the Town of Country Bar sign? I'm not seeing with my eyes, but I'm seeing within my mind. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you can imagine, if every all of your your people out there could imagine seeing a, a, a bar sign that it's high up in the air and has a big TNC, you could probably see it in your own mind, right? Mm-hmm. But imagine that you didn't know why, which I didn't why you were seeing it mm-hmm. and that's what it's like being a medium most times or spirit talk because you're the middle person but you don't always know but you have to trust what is unfolding or what's coming through so that's what i did i'm just like i why am i seeing this and he's like i'm pretty sure that's the last place charlie was seen alive mm-hmm. I'm like what and i mean obviously you don't have to be too psychic to figure out that if you're last seen somewhere alive something happened Not to great you. yeah so as soon as i'm done that um, you know, I started seeing these these stairs to a, the back side of a house mm-hmm. and going down the stairs into this basement apartment. And it was almost like there was a little roof and a set of stairs. And I saw a light above and he went into the door, but I felt there was about three people following him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I see these three people and they're following him. I said, into this downstairs basement apartment. And I said, do you know anything about him living in a downstairs basement apartment? And he said, no, I don't. And I'm like, are you sure? Because like, I'm confident. Because <laughs> he was thinking about Charlie, the guy I used to work with. He was thinking about the town and country. And he was thinking about how he died and all this. And that's how I was receiving this information. So that's where I was at my life. I was like, this had to be coming from him. <laughs> and uh, because I'm trying to rationalize how this is coming to me. And uh, he didn't know. And he got kind of upset. And he, you know, he said, what are you trying to say? I, like, I murdered Charlie or no, I didn't murder Charlie. I'm like, I, I wasn't even in the country when Charlie died. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I just need to know. Did you know this part? And he's like, no. And he says, you need to drop this. This is not. And he said, who told you yeah. this? And he was getting angry. And like, you know, who told who put you up to this? He think this is like some type of cruel joke to prove a point, oh. which it is. And I said, how did you even know this guy? Uh, Orhan. He goes, well, I used to work with him at the airport eight years ago. I'm like, 
Warhan, how was I even supposed to know a buddy of yours that died at the town and country bar or was last seen or whatever? I didn't even know you worked at the airport eight years ago. How was I supposed to put all that together? And he says, I don't know. And he says, just let's just not talk about it. And I said, fine. So we dropped it. Wow. And yeah, a lot of time went by, probably like a few months. And I did something that I don't always do. Like this is where these little synchronicities happen, right? Mm-hmm. I picked up the Calgary Sun newspaper, mostly just to look at the Calgary Flame score. And I, I had a little bit of time before work and I'm flipping through the paper. Oren's not in yet. Mm-hmm. And as I flip through the paper, there's a story about an unsolved murder about a guy named uh, Manikin Achari, nicknamed Charlie, worked at the airport, last seen at the town and country bar in, in, in Calgary, and where he was found murdered, they talked about the place that he was found murdered at, was in this, you know, in, in the southeast of Calgary with this house, uh, and he lived in a downstairs space on an apartment. They described everything that I saw. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. Yeah. So I'm like just blown away and anyway Oren comes in I put the paper down I'm circling the the downstairs part and said you know read this story and he goes what yes I know this guy and he's like what do you want me to say I'm, I, I didn't murder him <laughs> like, I'm not saying you murdered him I said remember that part that I talked to you about him living in the downstairs basement apartment and, and the, the backside entrance and stuff like this and he's like yeah I kind of do and uh, but he he said no first and I said baloney right I said something else but uh, <laughs> he, he he said yeah I kind of do and I said no I remember saying this very clearly to you mm-hmm. did you know this and he said no I really didn't know this and I said Oren you have to be honest with me did you really know this because I have to find out is this coming from his his head because it you know it's is it equally as a clear as I saw these other things come to me mm-hmm. uh you know the part about being in the back side of the house on the downstairs going into the home was equally as visual to me and clear mm-hmm. and if he didn't know it then it was coming from somewhere and he said John I swear uh, you know I swear in my own life and and all that and he and he did and and he says well, do you believe me and I said yes absolutely believe you because well good leave me alone <laughs> and it was like why is it so important to you and i said orion if you didn't know this this part of this puzzle that you didn't know mm-hmm. is coming to me from somewhere and orion it feels like your friend charlie it feels like this man is telling me a story <sighs> about who what happened to what went down and, and all this and you know i'm not accusing you of anything but if you didn't know this, I'm going to say, you know, this is going to, I'm, I'm confident that your friend is really, was telling me the story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was a pinnacle moment because at that point on, on my journey, I mean, you know, we're all maybe doubtful or maybe sometimes unsure or uncertain about what we're receiving. And until something happens that you get something that you couldn't possibly know that, you know, is as clear clear as a bell that came to you and it's just how it came um you know through that inner vision clairvoyance um you know and, and i'll teach a little something about that too because it was very prominent in indigenous culture um the Mi'kmaq people uh back in the day had a ceremony mm-hmm. where they would practice they would they would have a ceremony around seeing things from spirit uh, we have a game called waltus and the Waltus Ball 
uh, is it's a game and there's like, you know, six dice in it that are made of bones or flat on one side around the other. And they have a symbol on the flat side. And you should play with an elder and this solid maple ball you take and you bounce on the table on a blanket and all the pieces are flying up in the bowl and you're even waving your arms over it, hoping that the spirits are going to put them all just right. And it's a fun game. Oh, and cool. It's one that I can't seem to win for the life of me. <laughs> uh, those elders, that man, they're good. They're like, bang, bang, bang. I'm like, oh my God. I did before you, and there's a awesome. bunch of sticks you get. And there's a whole story about the sticks. You know, there's like this, this man and he has three wives and he has children and all this. There's like a whole bunch of sticks. By the end of it, somebody has all the sticks. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun game. But that bowl served another purpose way prior to contact of European people coming over to that they called the new world, which was the obviously very same world for all of us that were already here. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a ceremony where we'd use that bowl. And I know there would be more than one person within the community that would have uh, done this because uh, they would have filled the bowl with water. Uh, and and water in, in, in indigenous culture, I don't know about all indigenous cultures, but definitely Mi'kmaq culture is a woman's medicine. So because you're the water carriers, you're affected by the moon and that medicine is strongly connected to women. And it's something that when there's anything ceremonial done with water, the women have to handle it. Okay. So it would have been a, a, a like a, a team effort of some sort where there'd be a few seers and it would be involved potentially a man and woman or just a woman mm-hmm. where she would have filled the bowl full of uh, water. And then during that, that, that time of the moon, the the the, the, the full moon and, and the wasting of the moon for four nights, because in indigenous cultures, there's a there's a powerful number in four, you know, okay. the four directions. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, if, anyway, they would have for the four nights of the moon and all of our ceremonies are done uh, uh, like we have a sacred fire after somebody uh, um makes her journey home to the spirit world we have a sacred fire for four days that fire will burn burn for four days mm-hmm. so they fill that bowl full of water they i'm sure there would be a ceremony like a pipe ceremony which is like a, a tool used for prayer they would have smudged you know cleansed their aura used the smoke to kind of set intentions and clear their auras mm-hmm. and then uh, laid that that bowl of water out in the moonlight for four nights maybe leading up to the full moon or two nights before and two nights after. I'm not hundred percent sure. Nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. But after that time, they would have taken that bowl and sat with it, whoever the seer was or the person that could see for their community. And, and, and it very likely was probably a woman in most cases, but they would have sat with the bowl, did another ceremony and then and stared into the water. And and I know why this happens, because, you know, prayers are all about speaking to spirit. It's like speaking from our heart. It's like putting out energy to the spirit world. But meditation or mindfulness, creating space with you in your mind. Uh, and, and when I receive images or messages from spirit, I'm sure you do, too. Mm-hmm. You have to listen. Mm-hmm. And, and how you listen, you're listening audibly you're listening clairsentially for a sense of like some feeling in some way mm-hmm. you're listening for a visual thing that may come into your mind there's information that comes through but if you're not listening you can't receive anything so this ceremony would have been done particularly to listen for the ancestors or the spirit world to show them something mm-hmm. and it could be about where they should go for their summer camp or winter camp or uh, what medicine should be picked for somebody who is not well, or or if somebody was grieving, if there was a message from their loved one that could have come through. 
Um, I'm sure the person who is the 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 person that would have done that ceremony uh, would have been able to do lots of things in relation to those messages that came from spirit, visually uh, feeling or hearing or sensing or okay. all the above. And then they would have given that information to whoever uh, needed it. But it was a, quite the ceremony to do it. Now, this ceremony went on until contact uh, with... Uh, the, so as soon as the, the, the priests and you know the Catholics and the Jesuit priests are coming over, I mean, all of our ceremonies became evil, primitive, mm -hmm. and you know, against the, what they were trying to, to teach into the world. I mean, we were very well-balanced, good spiritual people in our, with our own ceremonies that were celebrated very strongly. And then those things were stripped of us. Mm -hmm. And they actually, uh, when they saw that ceremony in connection to spirit, it was one they didn't particularly were that fond of. <laughs> because they, they didn't like that if you had a direct connection to the creator, a direct connection to the spirit. Mm -hmm. So they drilled holes in our bowls. They didn't mind if we had played the game of Waltus and had fun. But if you were able to use that wow. to hold water and do ceremony to see things from spirit, it became a big no-no. So <laughs> even today, there's elders in Nova Scotia that I've met that their bowl has been passed down from generation to generation. No and they still have holes in them from back in the contact time <laughs> because they weren't allowed to do that ceremony to receive images or information from spirit but wow this is something that was naturally part of who we are and it's been it's been taken from us for so long it's part of our culture it's part of the indigenous cultures i'm sure it's part of all of our culture unfortunately um not no offense to anyone out in the world that has uh, a religious belief or faith or anything like that i mean if it works for you that's great mm -hmm. In relation to connection to spirit we, we you many maybe many people have been made to feel like not this is like against the creator this is against spirit this is like yes. evil works and it's just it's yeah. kind of silliness really because those are belief systems it's not the truth i mean when you're talking to spirit you're talking to people you mm -hmm. know these people are ancestors your your grandmother your grandfather your father your mom are they evil people there might be one crappy person in your family line somewhere but that doesn't yeah. make all of your people that you love bad. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, just as much as you want to talk to them, they want to talk to you. But what people don't realize or understand is that we don't listen. Mm -hmm. We don't create space in our life. We, a lot of people don't even speak to them. Uh, like I said, with the feather story, it's, it's in a big part of spirit communication and connection and, and receiving information is, well, one, communicating and speaking to them, like, because you love them, they love you, you should have conversations with the people you love. And then, when it comes time to receive information, to create space so that you can listen, be mm -hmm. mindful. And then and then you may, like just as you saw the whole story, and this is what I like to tell people, is like when I take people down that journey of like even imagining in your own mind the story of the person holding the bowl in the moonlight, I know you and mm -hmm. most people that are listening to this podcast are, are that they are visualizing the story. Yes. You're able to see it in your mind. You're able to see mm -hmm. without your eyes. Mm -hmm. There's something inside of us that can see without our eyes that are able to imagine and visualize mm -hmm. like from spirit. But it's not just a special gift for you or I or for it's for all of us. Mm -hmm. We're born this way. It's innate within us. You think the creator would make us with something 
and expect us to abstain from like using it. Right. Like it'd be like saying you have eyes, but you're not allowed to see. You have ears, but you can't hear. But you also have inner eyes and inner hearing, inner senses. And this is part of that spirit that which we all are. And you have to honor that core of who you are, not just honor the people like, because we think, well, we can only honor that if they're in heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, what about all the other ancestors like of mine that weren't Christians or Buddhist or Muslims or whatever? I mean, were they doomed to an eternal hell because they didn't even hear of the man Jesus before? It, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, no creator agree. that is an all loving creator would, one. would judge, uh, you know, all of India or all of Pakistan or all of the indigenous people and, yeah. and only the you know the the caucasian people that, who are christians or the spanish people whatever have the truth and no one else does mm -hmm. that's sad we're we all come from the same source we really do no matter what faith culture race religion belief we come from the same source there's one unifying thing that we've we're all spirit having a human experience we it's temporary because mm -hmm. as far as i know nobody's not made it past beyond a certain age yet that's and right. they, 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 they head on they head on back to which they came from you know yes. we, we we've come into this life and you know it's not our only lifetime we've lived many lifetimes and probably mm -hmm. this world and many worlds and uh but we're here now and it's important that we honor the purpose for which we're given in this moment but we also are spirit and have the ability to see feel hear and connect to spirit mm -hmm. and um you know i'm hoping through your our teachings or, or what you put out into the world and you're facilitating this, that pe people can see themselves as not just part of a belief system, but part of humanity, part of spirit of a, as a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it, it, the ocean's no different. I mean, yep. if, you know, the ocean is like filled with like what a, a quadrillion, trillion, billion drops of just individual pieces of water, but it's still part of the whole. And, we don't judge the ocean for being as one, but can't, we see ourselves the same way mm -hmm. and see that we are all equally connected and and and, and should be connected, mm -hmm. should remember who we are and not be ashamed or scared or fearful that we approach yep. also just like we do people with yes. kindness, respect, honor. And, and if you approach spirit from that way, you know, it's it, it, like if I if I go to the grocery store and I talk to a guy who, who's, look, we'll call him a bit of an arsehole. Mm -hmm. I'm kind to him. Is he going to want to sit around and talk to me? No, he's going to skadoosh off. Exactly. <laughs> he's going to go, man, no, this thanks. guy goes, I don't want to talk to him. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> but if you're if you're kind, like you said, the people that come into your life, mm -hmm. you're in alignment with. Mm -hmm. You know, when you act and be a certain way in life, that's when you're in alignment with that energy, then those what those are the people that you attract. Those are the energy of the people that come within your life, mm -hmm. wherever you are, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the same with spirits. So the people that you're in relation to spirit and that are, you know, that are in a higher level of energy, if you come from that space, that's all that you're available for. That's all that's what's gonna be want to be around you. Mm -hmm. So you should like surrender and let go of fear. Well, then I have a question for you, because sure. for me, I hid from this for many years, really until the podcast started three years ago, I would really keep what I did on the down low. Like I didn't want to, I don't know. I didn't want everybody to judge me because they were pretty 
some people can be very judgmental, especially in this line of work. And, and in the beginning, when I first came out doing this, you know, publicly, um, there was a lot of talk about, oh, you know, you're doing witchcraft or you're doing black magic and those kind of things. And I thought, wow, like, is that really like, is helping people that bad in some people's eyes? And so I really remained hidden for a long time until, of course, three years ago. And did you have that too? Did you feel that, you know, you didn't want people to know, or did you just no. come right out and say, Hey, by the way, I happen to be able to channel. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it's funny. Cause I was just at, I was just at a funeral, like a few days ago for a friend of mine who is in my course, Spirit Talker Tribe. Okay. And um, anyway, she passed away from cancer. She was terminal and no so I went to a funeral, which was a Catholic funeral because her family wanted to have one. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I was faced with people who aren't necessarily of the same belief system, mm -hmm. but I accept them the way they are. I don't, I, I could feel the energy mm -hmm. of maybe how they felt. Uh, I could give that power or I could choose not, not the care or give it power at all. So that, that's what I opted for. Right. Because you know, what are, what other people believe is their choice. Mm -hmm. but it's not going to change me. It's not going to mm -hmm. change how I feel. It's not going to change my truth. It's, you know, I, I'm sorry that they feel like they, they, they need to look down upon people because I don't align with their belief system, mm -hmm. but that's their choice. Mm -hmm. Now there was one lady that came up to me and I was talking to a fellow. I was actually her partner uh, in life. His name was Michael. And I was talking to him and this lady was standing there and I kept talking to him. I was like, so, and then I said, you know, um, and I asked him a couple of questions because I was connecting to Anna Maria, who is the lady that passed away. And I said, you know, why would she be showing me out in Wolfville, right in Nova Scotia? I said, like, have you been thinking about moving out there? He's like, no. I said, that's so weird because it's like I'm, I feel compelled that I want to go to Wolfville and just stay there. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know. But the lady was talking to who just lost her husband six months ago. Skeptic. Mm -hmm. Really shut down. And she goes, oh, you're not one of those crazy psychic people, are you? Oh, I'm like, oh. well, I can uh, be a little yeah. crazy sometimes, but I'm definitely a little bit psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just don't buy into the, the belief or the energy. And I said, well, she goes, yeah, people are telling me I should maybe go visit one of the you people at some point. She was kind of rude a little bit. Wow. And I, and I, but I don't take it personally. Yeah. This is just a reflection of what's going on inside of her and her belief system. Mm-hmm. And if I approach her with like anger, fear or whatever, because that, that that's something that's inside me that is not aligned. Right. Right. So I have to be good within myself. Mm -hmm. I know who I am. I know what's true. I don't have to prove it to anyone either. Um, but I just talked to her for a few minutes and I said, uh, so your husband passed like I didn't know he passed six months ago. I said, it feels like he's been gone pretty short time, actually. Has it been like. Less than like six months or about six months. She goes, oh, it was six months. Like, mm -hmm. how did you know? Did somebody tell you? I'm like, no. <laughs> Just no. Yes. She goes, oh, yeah, you're one of the crazy psychic guys, right? That's right. Like, yeah. And uh, then I talked to her about a few things that really connected and talked about the feather story, which she just got a feather and talked mm -hmm. about dimes. And she just got a bunch of dimes. She's got a collection. She thinks right. she's crazy. And and I'm like, well, I, and, and she said, you know, I just gave her the advice. I said, you know, a psychic might not be the answer for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not soliciting you to come see me because that's irrelevant. I don't care if you come see me. I actually don't even do personal sessions anymore. Uh -huh. But, you know, if you feel like it in your heart that maybe this will help you, then what is it going to hurt? 
maybe just go give it a try and just see what happens. You might be surprised. And, mm-hmm. and um, she was crying a little bit. And, uh, and I made a few connections and I said, that's so strange. I can't start seeing Wolfville again. And she goes, well, me and my husband, we're going to move to Wolfville before he died. <laughs> and I said, that's funny. Cause when I was talking to this guy, I was just asking him, I'm like, I want to go to Wolfville, move to Wolfville. And, she, and you were standing right beside me. Mm-hmm. She goes, I heard you saying that. Mm-hmm. It kind of got my attention a bit. And, uh, and then I've said a few other things that were invalidating that I don't really remember. But I know it wasn't there to prove or anything. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was, I was just being kind. Mm-hmm. I was just being present and just, just being mindful and and trying to honor her healing process, her grief, and, yeah. and despite her being rude because of her maybe being angry that her husband died, which she is. Yes. And that's where a lot of this anger stems from. It's not something about me or people in general. It's just what's going on with her because of the loss of her husband grief so don't take it personally mm-hmm. and um you know occasionally i find one person in the world may be challenging but mm-hmm. i've gotten really good I, I, I over the years you know especially facebook is great because there's a few every now and then you'll have somebody on there spouting off something they, they've never seen anything i've done they've never looked at anything i've ever done anywhere yeah. And they'll just say that I'm like a crazy fraud, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, uh, oh, well, delete ban block. <laughs> yes, it happens to me too. I get it. Peace to you. P- yeah. Delete ban block. I mean, good. You know, I'm not trying to convince them. I'm not even going to give it energy because it's not worth my, because I, if you're not mm-hmm. going to approach me in a good way, I'm just not going to like give it energy. <laughs> I think I get a lot of emails from people that are saying to me, you know, I've been sent to save you, you know, what you're doing is wrong. And I'm like, but I don't judge what you do. So I ask that you just, you know, don't judge me. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's kind of how it goes. Save me yet, so, or try to save me. Well, I've had lots. I can you yeah. know, tell you uh, email after email of people like reaching out to me on, you know, Facebook or social media and saying, Hey, so I was, you know, sent to save you. And I'm like, I, <laughs> you know, to. save me. I know like I'm, born and raised Catholic. And that's where I struggled with my whole life was I was taught that this was wrong. And when I realized that I didn't need for me, I didn't need to go to a middleman, I went directly above in a sense that I recognized um, I needed to figure out what my truth was. And I found that within my soul, within my guides, within this amazing energy around us. And I don't believe in judging what others believe. You want to believe whatever, if you want to follow me on, you know, social media, great, but I don't force you to just as I don't want to be forced to do something because I think that comes from ego and fear. And to me, we're just all trying to make it, you know, we really are. We're just trying to navigate through this journey that is sometimes difficult, but also beautiful at the same time. Like today's beautiful. It's I'm in a nice high vibration. I feel good. Now, if you and I are like that, and we put that out there, we're just almost emitting it. And it's like spreading like a domino effect out there. And I love that. The world is shifting and changing. And, and mm-hmm. you know, not that I think everybody needs to convert to like spirituality in a specific way. Um, but the world is changing. And mm-hmm. the way, I mean, church after church is closing and, and, and congregations are growing smaller and smaller because that truth that once was in the world in certain areas is just just not as strongly there anymore as it used to be mm-hmm. it could mean that more people are becoming spiritual it also could be, mean that more more and more people are becoming more atheists in a sense with disbelief of anything mm-hmm. um, 
But I know that there's a plan for the whole world. I don't think, you know, the spirit, the creator, there's a divine plan that is taking place, whether we know it all or not. And it's going to take years and years and maybe eons of time to kind of evolve Mm -hmm. to a place that we see each other as equals. And, you know, whether it's race, creed, religion, or whatever it is that we're all supporting each other rather than looking down upon one person or another that we're that we're all equals men and women and of all sexes i mean even in different countries now there's there's women that don't have equal rights you know yeah. and it's sad and uh or or so but it has changed and we're changing and you know if we're changing the, those other places that have not made it there yet will but mm-hmm. it doesn't come easy and it doesn't right. come with the cost of pain or hurt and there's people that come into this world with specific plans, just like any other faith system, like, you know, that people come with specific plans to shift the world and they may lose their lives because of it. Yeah. But they know when they sign up for this like journey of coming into life that mm-hmm. even if they lose their life because of what their beliefs or cause are, that they're going to be okay in the end. Mm-hmm. So that's why they sign up for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then like when you that. start to see an intentional planned in somewhat semi-planned world, because I still believe we have free will because we can still make choices. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we don't have voices that say, hey, you shouldn't probably freaking doing that. And we don't listen to it. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a lot say. of people that hear those voices. <laughs> right? Because people say to me, well, if there's, you know, all these good people in the world, why do bad things happen? If there is this, you know, creator, why do bad things happen? And I say, because we do have free will and we do make choices. And there are things that happen and that are great. And actually, this is kind of um, something that I wanted to ask you while you're on here. Sure. I noticed that you had said um, on that interview with Colette that you don't love to work with the police, but you will if you have to. And I do. I've been asked that many times because people will say to me, well, if you have this ability and you have this information, how, Karina, how can you not go help? families that need you and and solve these things with the police. And I said, this is, you know, personally speaking, but it is very heavy. It's very dark. I'm a mom. And the things that I, once we tap into that energy, it's not always great to see. And it no. puts a lot of, um, yeah, I guess fear into me as a mom of, oh my goodness, this could happen. I'm trying to keep my children safe. And I see these negative things and it's, it's hard. And I said, maybe someday I will, I have, you know, before, but it's not what I love to do either. No, I I have, I have worked with the police. I have given information on cases. I've helped Mm -hmm. even with, in regards to information that has brought people to, I can't create evidence when the cops have to find that. And I've done that locally here and and I won't say with who or how, but I've absolutely done it. And I swear my kid's life that it's happened. Um, but you know, it's a heavy energy. It is. And I, and I get a lot of requests from families and, and, and I get, I get some requests from different police. I was in, I was in, um, Fort McMurray and, and the RCMP asked me to come in to look at one thing there. Mm-hmm. I went in, I won't talk about what I came in to look at. I mean, I don't want public recognition for anything that I'm doing. I don't want people to know that I'm doing that. And I don't want to be the guy that everybody calls every time somebody goes missing. True. Right. Um, you know, I have so much going on in my life. I can't serve only in that. And, and that's what it will become. And in, 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 in sometimes I'm able to help 
And sometimes I'm able to give information, but I can't create evidence in cases and and I and I can't publicly post out into the world what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 not an energy work that I that I find fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I know for the police that I help or I have helped, it's great. And I know in my heart who I've helped. Yes. But it's not something, and actually before Spirit Talker, this is the thing. I mean, before the, even the show Spirit Talker, because of my work in the past, that um, it's it's funny because even how I got the TV show Spirit Talker was I went mm-hmm. to call a guy, a local producer in Halifax, because I wanted to go out and see, I wanted to go out and meet the guys from the, the have you ever seen a show called The Curse of Oak Island? Yeah, I know about it. Yeah, right. Because they have a show about looking for treasure out there. And I always wanted to go out there and buy both place and just tell them what I see, feel and hear. Uh So I I called somebody gave me a name of a producer. And he said, uh, you know, I call him up. His name's Ed. And I said, Ed, I heard you're like co-producing the Curse of Oak Island on uh, Oak Island. I'd love to go out there. Is there any way you can get out there? He goes, Sean? Sean who? I said, Sean Mm -hmm. Leonard. He goes, that is so weird. He says, my writer just went to your show two days ago. He's oh telling me God. I needed to call you and You're talk to you about kidding. doing a show. Because oh. I can probably get you out to Oak Island. He says, but have you ever thought about doing a TV show? And this is where all these things align, right? Like I said, well, not really. But I said, if I ever did one, it would probably be missing inverted Aboriginal Indigenous women or, or men. And mm-hmm. maybe that's something because I've done work in the past. And, and maybe this is would be a good way to show, get out into the world, have a show going to different stations, talking to the investigators, showing what the police are or are not doing, mm-hmm. and just make, getting that part visualized out there, maybe getting the stories out there. So anyway, he, he said, okay, well, we're, you know, maybe that would be a good show for APTN, right? So he approached APTN and APTN said, no, we can't do that because there's too many legal issues around that. Um, yeah. You can't be out naming people, doing things, and because there's no, you can't, arrest somebody every show like you see on every other like show that is like scripted right this is not scripted right. this is real life and uh and and there's so many things are sensitive we couldn't even put it on on tv anyway mm-hmm. and uh and they have another show called missing i believe about missing and murdered indigenous women mm-hmm. so they said well what other show can you do i said well i do live shows i read people and you know i do one-on-ones and stuff like that and they like well, we're going to film a show where you read some people in an audience. We'll we'll pick some of those people you read at the live show and choose them for one-on-one readings. And then we'll highlight them in a little, uh, like a pilot episode. We'll send it to Dave Buchanan and see if they like it. Mm-hmm. And they did. So I did a live show. It was in Listogush, Quebec. They, I read some people. Um, one of them being a lady named Tracy Metallic, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool in the pilot. Nobody's ever going to see this, though, because it was a pilot. It's not put out into the world, but APTN has it. Okay. But I read Tracy, and the cool thing is about Tracy, she's a Mi'kmaq artist, an indigenous artist. Mm-hmm. I met her, and I said, Tracy. I, and I, I tuned into her that she was an artist and all this. I was connecting to her uncle who was in spirit, who was a photographer and artist himself. And, and I saw some of her art, and I said, Tracy, I said, you know, one day I like to do a card deck, an oracle card deck. And, and, and she said, I said, if I ever get a chance to do one, would you be interested in doing the art for the deck? And she's, I, I'd love that if you did that. Just give me a call and let me know. And I also, because I have a book coming out on August 8th, mm-hmm. but in October, I have an Oracle card deck coming out called The Wisdom of the Elders. And Tracy has done the artwork for it and the artwork for the front of the cover. As you no can see, way. Right here, the yeah. Eagle, uh-huh. she, 
that's somebody beat it that for me, but she had created that art and that's also on the front of spirit talker. And mm -hmm. uh, so even from the go, this is where I see life just aligning, lining up like that. I, all I wanted to do was go. That's to amazing. Nova and now I have a TV show. Now I got to meet a girl who's <laughs> an artist who has now done the art front for the book and my card deck. And mm -hmm. it just all like kind of synced together. Uh, I see my life is not random. Same. It's never random. Nothing and, is. And, um, you know, it, it's just amazing when you can see your life that way, the synchronicity of it all, and see that there's something much greater going on. And we can even understand how it all comes together, but it does. The great thing about working with spirit or being connected to spirit is that it's continued your, that wisdom, that knowledge is always evolving and you're always learning more about how spirit communicates the messages and the way that they they will communicate it to me to help me understand something i think they must think i'm an expert because sometimes i don't even know what the heck they're talking about and somehow i figure it out <laughs> because it's like i'm like i don't know where i'm going with this but uh, i just keep going and i get there oh my gosh and, watching you work is amazing yeah it, it like i mean it but it's years and years and years of practice and trust Absolutely. and just honoring the whole process and understanding how spirit does and, and and can communicate with me and 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 just giving that my whole heart and not and getting out of my ego's way and not thinking i have to That's know the difference and yeah just knowing that uh, you know it's okay to not know it's just it's more about trusting what you're receiving because not everything is literal sometimes things are figurative mm -hmm. and understanding that this is figurative and not literal Mm -hmm. And and often I'll say, okay, if, if this doesn't make sense in a literal way, there must be a figure of meaning to this. And then I, and then I, I adapt and then and then just move the, there to get the there. From there. Yeah, right. absolutely. Same. What I loved about you is that you were so spot on with names. I I can't hear names like that. Like I usually get an initial, but I'm I teleport a lot, so I go back in time to their house that they grew up in in the '60s, and I'm really. Um, hyper aware of the surroundings that I'm in when I connect I just go to places and I can see the carpet on the floor the the paneling on the walls that kind of thing but names right. I don't know how you hear names like that it was incredible watching you I was like wow you just said everybody's name in spirit I was like amazed I thought it was really cool well I'm pretty good at that like it's really honoring and there's even a way to even kind of like strengthen that okay um so what I would say is like you know, you should do like if you meditate and you, mm -hmm. you do visualize meditations, kind of work on your, your clairvoyant abilities. I have exercises in my Spirit Talker Tribe course where I teach people to, you know, see an object, then close your mind, you close your eyes and hold yeah. the object within your mind. And then I also then have them see the object. Uh, like, let's just say it's a, a lit candle, right? Mm -hmm. You see the candle, then you look away. And at the blank space of the table, you can still see the candle bur right there. burning in your mind. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of fades, right? Because we have a muscle that is atrophied visually. We have an atrophied muscle that we don't use as much as we could possibly. So unless you start working that that internal psychic muscle to see mm -hmm. and, and learn how to work it, then because one day, the, the more you work that, eventually something's going to just come in your mind like you're seeing the candle, but you haven't put the candle in there. Or you haven't even think about the candle. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, Oh yeah, this is so weird. I'm seeing this in my mind. I'm seeing the town of country bar sign. And I don't know why. Right. Yeah. Uh, now names is it, I find the greatest way to kind of like strengthen that ability. Cause it's like, not always like I've heard spirit with my ears. I've got recordings of people talking to me. I've got all kinds of recordings of spirit saying things to me. It, mm -hmm. it, my life is a little weird like that. 
but when I mostly hear people uh, doing my sessions alive, it's like an internal thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it's like a, a thought gets pushed into my brain and then it just like just goes pop, pop, pop. But how you strengthen that is to practice saying names in your mind without. So you would say, you know, if you could say Jim, Mary, you know, John and and, uh, you know, Joseph and, you know, different names like that or Isabel, you know, and that, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that name pop in my head that just just to honor the names and and as you say them in your head what will happen is is when you do connect to spirit and spirit wants to tell you a name instead of you saying the names to yourself the name is said to you in your brain Mm -hmm. okay yeah oh okay i'm hearing isabel Mm -hmm. now isabel's connecting to me i don't know who isabel is so she's here from oh no she doesn't say isabel her name is mary bell and then it's just like she'll correct me and then it'll just so it's just like i call them little breadcrumbs Mm-hmm. But if you don't trust the first breadcrumb, how do you yeah. expect to trust the next one if you didn't even trust the first one? See, I I was hearing Isabel, and then she comes in and says, no, no, it's Maribel. So that's, but I, I didn't know that until I said the first thing. Yeah. Then another thought comes in. Then another thought comes in. And then, and like Joe, and then and, and then they just keep popping in, like little little thoughts pop into my mind. And, and yeah. by the time I finish, there's somebody go, and I said, and then I'll feel out the voices. Well, you know, Isabel felt like a guide or somebody in spirit that would be like with you and around you from spirit and want you to know that they're there. But, you know, Joe felt like an uncle figure and things like that. And then, mm-hmm. so anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll feel, vibe out the voices. Yeah. This feels like dad to me feels like probably about 50 years old. And, you know, Joe feels like he was probably maybe in his early 60s, 61, 62 years old. And then yeah. I'll just, Feel it all. And then somebody stands and goes, oh, my God, you know, my guide's name was Isabel. And my my uncle Joe was 62 when he passed away. And then all my heart will skip a beat. And I know he had a heart problem. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so it's just it's like more information comes. Mm -hmm. It's not like you have it all. You're trusting what comes to you. You give it and then it just unfolds a little bit at a time as you step into it. Spirit steps into it with you. And then you, but you have to learn how to understand and listen Mm -hmm. and be mindful of how that community, that language communication works for you, Mm -hmm. how it feels. And and, and they'll do all kinds of really cool things to me. I'll feel like I've had a surgery. And oh my gosh, same. Yeah. It's just, it's, (laughs) it's awesome. It It is when spirit does things and, you know, or I feel like my finger is missing all of a sudden. I'll go like this, you know, I'll look at somebody like this one's missing and I'm like, I don't what's happening to my hand but yeah they right. they definitely make us feel all that they do they they can use unique ways to help you to validate the yeah. person they want to work yep and then talk about the message that they need to give to them about whether they're stuck in a specific area of life because of their loss or mm-hmm. or, or a message for somebody who's struggling through something and you know wherever that goes i just go with it same i love and, it um and I honor that to, to the best of my ability. And then they just stop. And I feel like, well, I think well, I done. guess they got their message out and that's it. Right. I, and yeah. then on I go again. <laughs> I love it too. And for me, I see it. I'm visually like very clairvoyant. I've always been able to see since I was very young down mm-hmm. to the shoes that they wore, the type of jeans, listening to them. Some of them are louder than others. And I know you know that, but really loud in your ear, like whoever was one of my guides telling me in the shower, you've got a message, Sean. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not listening. And they just would, were nagging at me. And sometimes I say to my guides, tell it to me three times. And if it's there three times, and I know I have to say something, cause I don't want to always just blurt things out either that maybe could be insignificant, but chances are it's something right. Like a right. balloon or a red hat or something that you see, but 
if they show it to me three times, I know they're going to be like, you need to say that. My reality, your reality is a little bit different than a lot of people, but that doesn't mean that other people can't have a similar reality that they, they walk with spirit in their life, their, their ancestors, their loved ones. And, you know, they don't necessarily have to be a psychic medium, just somebody who's deeply connected and, and, mm-hmm. and understand that they're being guided. And, and uh, that, that's the way it is for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some people like you or I who have a calling to kind of step into that further to kind of like put it out to the world so other people can learn. But uh, not everybody has the same life purpose or path. Right. A lot of people still want to be the nurse or the doctor or the fireman or the policeman and mm-hmm. deeply connected to spirit in their, their own, calling. in their own special way, right? Yeah, this was just something that happened to be our calling. Because people will say that to me, well, why you? Why you? Why do you get to do this? I said, well, why does the lawyer go and, you know, before a judge? And why does someone become a surgeon? Like, that's their calling. That's the path that, you know, they went upon. This is the path that I happen to go upon. Absolutely. I feel like there's, I mean, there's a written chart that was like an outline for all of us. And whatever journey you're meant to kind of go upon, Mm-hmm. is that's what how it will unfold for you in life and i actually even write about this in my new book too i talk about a dream that i had mm-hmm. and a dream that i had where it was on the other side and i knew it was on the other side because everybody's wearing white robes and i'm in like a university and i'm like okay where the hell am i why am i here and i even am i am i supposed to be here mm-hmm. and uh and I, I there was i know my guy was with me but i couldn't quite make out his face Mm-hmm. But there was a professor at the front of the class and he's talking to him and all I can hear is like, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, I don't even know what this guy's saying. And, and then the professor goes, yeah, you're supposed to be here. I'm like, okay, okay. great. <laughs> and then he starts talking about uh, our life per- path and purpose. And, and then he starts talking about how it's written on our, our Akashic records and the charts of the spirit world. But then he goes into it and says it's encoded within our DNA. And it's actually written hard coded in our DNA, not only your eye color, your, 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 your hair color, your, how tall you'll be, but it also who your parents are. And and also, Mm -hmm. you know, any health issues that you'll have is written in there, but Mm -hmm. also your life purpose and the struggles and all of that's written in your DNA. And we can, most, they say scientists, I mean, don't even understand. They said within the junk DNA is the option lines of things and that, that you still have free will in certain times, but and I was like blown away. And he said that it was in, in a hidden coded message within our DNA itself. And that one day, and they are there, they are able to figure this out to some degree now, because like they, they started to understand that, you know, like people who are too spirited, people who are, you know, LGBTQs uh, in life, they're born with a specific gene that identifies them as they are they're born with this gene within them so that means it's encoded within their genetics mm-hmm. that they were meant to come in the way the way the way they are mm-hmm. so and and they, and they were able to like do enough genetic analysis over people who were you know lbgtq or, or two-spirited that that they were able to see the same gene so it's like, why do some people? So that means they're they're born with that gene, just like a person who maybe have a hereditary heart problem, a heart disease, right? Mm-hmm. That they have a specific gene, they're re- more predisposed to a heart condition yes. as someone else, right? So that means that that struggle is meant to be part of the life. It's in there. Mm-hmm. So if we can understand for that for the physicality, but what we don't understand or comprehend just yet is that one day we're going to understand that our life path, our purpose our struggles, our, our lessons are also within the, that same DNA that's in there. It's not just the physical things. 
It's the spiritual things that are written in there in a secret language. Mm-hmm. And they took me outside. And it was really cool. They had a device like this, like it's this is a K2 meter, but uh, they took a device and they touched the plant. Oh. And they turned around and it, had, it was like a cell phone. They turned around and showed me the phone. And on, on the chart of, of the plant, they touched it. Even though it didn't have like DNA like we do, it touched the plant and showed me. And it said who its parents were, how long it was going to live, what its oh, purpose was for being there. And it was a plant in a rock quarry all by itself. Oh, my gosh. And, the, and he said, every blade of grass has a purpose. Oh. It's bigger than you can even imagine. It's everything has a purpose mm-hmm. and that it, it, it's encoded within the genetics of each and individual plant and everything that why they're there and where they are it, there's no accident for everything in the world for you know and it, I, I was like blown away i was like man this is way too big for me to think about you're telling me like the grass has a purpose that's right it's too much <laughs> this but, is too much but how amazing is that it is right. it's amazing and they said uh, yeah one day we'll figure this language out and understand our own purpose of who we are through our own genetics eventually mm-hmm. and i said that would be an amazing amazing thing and then i woke up and i just said this is just super awesome dream but there is a path and purpose for us all some people may not even know if they're on it or not some people think they're they're off it when they're actually right where they're supposed to be mm-hmm. um a good yeah. sign of that a lot of people have um a lot of people, not many people, but some people have deja vu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a moment where their life for a moment feels like, oh my God, this is so weird. I've, I've been in this moment at this time before. I remember this. And that's exactly what it is because I think our charts in our life purpose and path are planned out so greatly that we put in little flag posts that say, you are where you're supposed to be in this moment. Mm-hmm. It's like a deja vu moment that it's like you have this epiphany or memory yeah. of the plan that you made for yourself before you came into life. That's amazing. And you, as you wrote it, you're like, okay, I'm going to throw one of these in here now because when I get here, uh, this is going to be one of those moments that I, I know where I'm supposed to be in this moment. So I tell people that when they have deja vus, you know, even if you don't believe you are where you're supposed to be, you are mm-hmm. because that's what they, that's what they entail. That's the, that's the message in the deja vu itself. I love that. I've never heard anyone say that before. And I love the way that you just described that. It's true. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. You, I know I've been here. And well, you have I've done it. I've done that. You wrote so many it. Times. That's right. You did. <laughs> you thought it up in great it. detail with your guides before you came here. That's you'll be right here in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sean, I think we got it all. Thank you so much for coming on here today with us because everything that you've said, I really appreciate. You were so candid and open and very honest and that's what I love about you so thank you so much well thank you and thank you for having me on I appreciate it very much and uh, thank you for being and doing the service that you have with like helping people understand and learn and grow in your podcast and reaching people and you know you know we're all here changing the world it's not just one person but many people that have have come here to help us to kind of align with our true purpose and who we are and you're obviously one of those people so thank you Thank you. If you would like to learn a little bit more about Sean, you can go to his website at sean-leonard.com. You can pre-order his new book called Spirit Talker Online. He also has an incredible deck of Oracle cards that are coming out at the end of the year. So have a look for that and make sure you check out his show called Spirit Talker on the APTN network. I'm sure you will not be disappointed.
If you would like to book a reading with me, I can be reached at www.divinemessages.ca or on Instagram at divinemessages333 or at the Divine Messages podcast. Please bear in mind that the perspectives and opinions represented in this podcast are based solely on the Divine Messages interpretations. We can in no way be held responsible for the actions of our followers.